Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Garden Culture Podcast with me, your host, Bailey Van Tassel. I have taken a longer than planned break here. We are jumping into season two because I had a baby. Um, Any of you that follow me on Instagram, I'm sure saw, uh, potentially saw the announcement um, or if you're signed up for my newsletter. But um, in late January, I welcomed my third child, a son, and we are so over the moon about it. I've taken a very solid three-month sort of hiatus from all actual obligations. I've still sort of been working and definitely been gardening, which is what today is all about. I'm going to update you guys on where I'm at with my spring 2023 garden. Um, But I wanted to just take a second to chat about this new member of our family. We're just so excited um, about Duke. His name is Duke. And uh, I shared a lot about my journey with this pregnancy and birth. But to catch you up, my pregnancy was really, really hard. I am pretty sure I had antepartum depression a majority of the time, which I did not treat. I did a lot of meditating and walking and worked through it. I was in a safe place mentally the entire time, but it was a very, very, very hard, emotionally hard pregnancy for me. Um, However, there was this undertone of the birth. I felt like the birth was going to be easy. And so I really wanted to do a different approach. My first two babies were born with epidurals. And this last one I wanted to do without any medication or epidural. I really, it wasn't like my crunchy side coming out where I was like, oh, you know, no medicine. It really was, I I feel like this is what my body and this baby wants. And I wanted to experience really leaning into trusting myself. A big part of gardening for me was returning to intuition and trust and building confidence and working with nature as a co-creator. And it really did bring me so much back to myself and help me regain a lot of confidence in like my true deep inner self and really reclaim a lot of my intuition and gut instinct, which is called gut instinct for a reason, right? When we cultivate our guts, that's where our brains get really clear, which is why we should garden. You guys all know about this soapbox. I don't need to get on it now, but the birth was incredible. It went really well, um, no problems. And so it was definitely a crazy journey. I wrote a blog about it. I'll link to that in the show notes, but I'm just super grateful to kind of get back in the swing of things. And with the momentum of our third and final child, um, it just feels like a new, fresh chapter. And that chapter really coincided with spring, which is so fun. So spring starts in winter, right, with planning and all of that. And I did a ton of planning. However, all plans changed when I planted the most recent garden. So at the time of this recording, I'm a week out of planting for spring. It is 
April. We're mid-April. And um, I'm going to try and get this to you guys like within a few days. So it's not dated. But I wanted to tell you what I did differently this year because there are definitely some major differences that I made that I'm really excited about. So the plan was that my godmother, Pam, Auntie Pammy, we all call her, you and I both, uh, would come out and get to see me, the new baby, and hang with the kids. She's never been to my house and garden. So we really wanted to do that. And she said, you know, I'll come help you plant, help you plant for spring and bring our secret fertilizer, which I am not going to tell anyone because <laughs> of the supply chain issues. Um, I'll share the NPK with you guys so you can find something similar. But she brought me 100 pounds of fertilizer. It's all organic, pelleted, slow release fertilizer. So we just do it once each season. Um, And then she also brought a bunch of rabbit poop from her rabbits. (laughs) So rabbit poop is one of very few animal like byproduct, like poop byproducts that can go straight into the garden. So most of the time, like, you know, chicken manure or cow or horse manure comes out and it's what we call hot and it needs to be aged so that it doesn't burn and kill everything. It's a great source of nutrients. It's great to add into compost and everything, but you need to age it. Rabbit poop, you don't. So similarly, you just throw it in and it over time breaks down and creates air in the soil and adds to that great organic matter. Um, So Pam brought me those two things. And then she also helped me just fully amend the beds. I got a bunch of compost and um, we also added kelp meal, which she's always told me to add. Um, because it's got, again, great organic matter. And then also um, we added oyster shells, which adds calcium. Last year, it was brought to my attention when I was working with a nursery. They use a product called MaxiCal, but the calcium, especially with tomatoes, is something that really helps prevent blossom end rot. It helps prevent any immature stunted growth in the plant. So um, we added calcium as well. You could use bone meal or crushed eggshells as an option, but I used oyster shells because I have another friend who's a farmer who dry farms and crushes his own oyster shells up in Bodega Bay. So we went the crushed oyster shell route. So I did that a little differently this year. I've not added calcium at the get-go and I've not added Auntie Pammy's rabbit poop, but it was incredible. I mean, this sweet woman, my godmother, I mean, you know, someone loves you when they drive six hours in a car with a bunch of rabbit poop. They sealed it, but you know. So she came down, we amended the beds and then um, we walked through and I had a plan for the garden that I even shared in my um, subscription, the Kitchen Garden Society. You guys know I did this huge like mastermind planning session using my own garden as an example. And I had planned my garden then at the outset for the year, but everything changed when Auntie Fami came, which honestly, every season I do this, my beds end up being planted differently than I originally planned because of what we're interested in or what's available or just what's become exciting to me or what we eat, don't eat or whatever. Each season, I feel like you kind of get better educated on what's useful and what's exciting. So Pammy came and we talked through everything and I'm going to outline what we did. So mainly I had to pull out a bunch of plants that were done performing, which is a majority of my peas had to come out. I had a bunch of fennel that was in there. I had a bunch of chard, kale, spinach, lettuce. All of that was bolting and just getting too big. I wasn't able to eat as much as I thought that I would. So note to self for next year, honestly, I need to plant less greens. 
Um, They're just so easy to grow here and they just kind of keep going. But as those plants weaken or start to go to seed because of the heat, since it's so so temperate here, um, pests are really drawn to them and that can kind of mess with the soil and and cause a whole other host of issues. So all that got torn out and I had a bunch of potatoes in the ground. And my potato plants were doing really, really well. I had tested out two ways of planting the potatoes for the Kitchen Garden Society. If you guys are wondering what that is, it's my monthly subscription, thekitchengardensociety.com. Go check it out, join it. It's all about living your life inspired by the garden. Shamelessly plugging it. Um, but I tried hilling or like trenching potatoes and then chitting potatoes. And the trenched potatoes did better for sure. Um, which is so interesting. And those ones I actually also bought as like seed potatoes um, that I just didn't have the patience to chit, which means like to let the eyes sprout. And then the other ones were potatoes that started sprouting that I got from the grocery store and they did okay as well. But basically I had two beds full of potatoes and there's a ton of green foliage up. But normally with potatoes, you wait for them to put up their flower and then have that die back and then you harvest them. Well, the kids and I were harvesting carrots and noticed some potatoes starting to pop up at the surface. There was no green on the potatoes, so they're fine to eat. But I started digging around. And when you harvest those potatoes early, they're called, you know, quote unquote, early potatoes. And that's great. They're just smaller, more tender potatoes. Um, but you want to kind of let your potatoes mature so that each potato will feed more people. However, I went into my other potato bed and those were really big and mature as it was, even without going to bloom. So we just pulled them. I also noticed, um, I've been using this app. It's called Plantin, P-L-A-N-T-I-N. And I was able to diagnose with the app that I had thrips. So I noticed on my potato leaves, like this brown and yellow spotting And we flipped the leaves over and on the underside, whenever you inspect a leaf, by the way, you want to look at the top, on the underside, along the stem, at the base of the soil. Like you just investigate deeply. We're like forensics, forensic leafing. And we saw these little winged bugs. And so sure enough, thrips. And I figured, you know what? We're starting a new garden. Let's just get these out if they're mature enough. Um, I just don't want pests lingering around and laying eggs and like getting in the soil and just, or finding other plants to attack, like my roses or something. So out with the potatoes. We got uh, what Auntie Pammy educated me on was a bushel of potatoes. I'd say almost 15 pounds, which is incredible. It's my first like very successful year with potatoes. Um, So that was really fun. And that opened up a lot of bed space, which moved things around. So The only thing I left in the garden was one entire bed of onions. I just have one raised bed dedicated to onions, which hopefully should get us through a majority of the year. And then I've got a half bed with garlic in it and I planted tomatoes on the other half side. So that's kind of where we were. And that left us with eight beds to figure out. So I planted one bed we're going to get into garden planning now. So we got um, one bed we dedicated to peppers. And then I've got one bed with tomatoes, basil, and marigolds. Um, We've got one bed, just cucumbers and dill. Cucumbers and dill love each other. And then I have a bed next to that that has eggplant and my trellis. I have a big arch trellis that starts in that bed and crosses over to the other one. So 
on both sides of that trellis, I've planted a uh, trombuccino squash and runner beans to go like intermingling on there. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. And then we have another full bed tomato basil marigolds. So we've got two beds, just tomatoes, because I really want to be able to make marinara and salsa and enchilada sauce. Like I really want to can. And then obviously basil for pesto. You can never have too much. Then we have an entire bed that's kind of turned into an herb bed with some open spot for testing things out like turnips this year, testing out if I can grow beets in warmer weather. And then we have one full bed with pumpkins, which is early to plant for me, but I've never had pumpkins successfully grow for Halloween. So hopefully if we get started early, that'll just happen. And then we've got one bed that is zucchini and squash and some little climbing pumpkins. So that's what we've put in as of spring with spots that I'm planning on turning over. When I pull up my onions, I'm going to put corn in. And then when I pull up my garlic, I'm going to put melons in. So I've got some plans for what's coming next. And then obviously in the fall, I'll do an entire overhaul. I'll rip everything out. And that's when things are dicey for us because we have such a late summer in zone 10 that um, we really we really could grow things like tomatoes. I mean, honestly, well into September, October, but they just start to get kind of crazy. So, um, so yeah, my entire spring is planted all at once. That's a brand new approach for me that I've never done before. And I'm super excited about it. Uh, as a final note, because this baby I've been telling you guys about is waking up from a nap. <laughs> um, one other amendment I've tried this year in a couple beds are wool pellets. And I'm very, very excited about them because they slow release nitrogen. They repel slugs and snails. They create air in the soil. They're a sustainable byproduct of just shearing sheep. I'm deeply obsessed. So that went into three beds and I actually wrote down which beds we could track performance because I'm a scientist now. Um, I actually don't like really measuring anything, but I figured I could at least write down which beds got the wool pellets. Um, so quickly too, wanted to cover what was planted um, as starts versus seeds. So cucumbers, dill, beans, squash, pumpkins, basil, all from seed. Peppers, tomatoes, marigolds, that those were all put in as starts. So actually more seeds this year than starts, um, which I think is always kind of the way to go. But yeah, that's what I did in my personal garden and we'll see how it goes. I saw some cucumbers sprout up last night and so that those germinated like within five days, which is very exciting. And we eat a lot of cucumbers, but I will be sharing this journey as we go. You guys can always follow me on Instagram at Bailey Van Tassel or on my website, baileyvantassel.com. But thank you for being here. This was just a quick we're back episode. I have some incredible interviews coming and some really exciting news in my own personal life that I'll be sharing along the way too. But if you guys have any questions, comments, ideas, I'd love to hear them. You can email me or if you would take the time to subscribe, leave us a review, show me some love so the podcast gods know um, that we're alive and well, that would be so incredible. So anyways, thank you guys for being here. I'm so excited to be back and we'll chat soon. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. 
I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning. And I'm so grateful that you found this space. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast.